Hey, I want to share something with you today. I want to start by posing a question. What's so good about Friday? Like, why do they call it Good Friday? I mean, Jesus died on this day. Shouldn't it be Sad Friday? But yet it's called Good Friday. You ever wonder why? I think for a lot of us, sometimes we can go through this, this Good Friday moment kind of solemn, maybe, maybe grieving a little bit, kind of feel like you know, we can't get too excited. But I want to show you something today about how God acted during Good Friday. I want you to see his attitude for Good Friday. And I want to help you to understand clearly why is it called Good Friday? So go with me to Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 19. Paul said this, he said, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything back to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. Did you catch that? This includes you. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Amen. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Man, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I'm telling you. Let's just break that down for just a second and then I'm going to show you a few things today. God used Jesus to bring us back to himself. God used his son to bring us back to him. I think that's amazing. With the blood of Jesus, God made peace with everything on earth and in heaven. And that's a big deal. By Jesus's blood, he made peace with everything in earth and on heaven, including you. Did you catch that part when I said it? Including you. That means if you're listening to us right now, you're watching this right now. That means you, that God did this for you, that he would bring you back to himself. I think that's amazing. We were all once his enemy by our evil thoughts and our actions. That's what kept us separated from him. But because of Jesus's blood, that was dealt with. And now we can come back into this relationship with God. And because of Jesus's death on the cross, God was able to bring us back to him. You see the resounding message in all of this. It's God bringing us back to himself. Mm. So what's the results of all this? Because this is big stuff right here. I mean, like this is big. Come on. This is huge. What's the results? Well, let's look at a few things that result of Christ going to the cross, shedding his blood and dying on the cross for us. Number one, he brought us into God's presence. That means this, that we don't have to be anywheres in any special building doing anything special. We can be in God's presence. Mm. Man, that's huge. That's really big. Then he says this, the results of what Christ did means that now you are holy. Come on. Man, that's good. He says, not only are you holy, but now you're blameless. Wow. And then he says this, that you can stand before him without a single fault. Man, I don't know if I've ever felt blameless in my life or felt like I've never had a fault, but that's how we stand before God now. 
And then the fifth result of all of this, and this one's really important. He says this, that you can be sure of this. You can be sure. That means today, tomorrow, two weeks, two months, two years, you can still be sure of this moment with Jesus. Isn't that good? So how did God feel on Good Friday? I was curious about that. So I looked up a couple of verses that describes God's feelings about Good Friday, because maybe you like me and you kind of wonder why he or how he feels during certain things. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter one, verse five. It says this, that God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do. Watch this. And it gave him great pleasure. It gave him great pleasure. This is what's so cool. It's like God found pleasure in getting us and bringing us back to himself. Man, that's good. I'm reminded when I think, when I read this verse, I'm reminded of some parents that, that maybe have gone to adopt a kid and then there's this long process and then finally they get to the last stage. And, and I think about when I read this verse, I think about how they feel when they're finally going to get their child and bring them home Mm. for themselves. And so he says this, that this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So God had pleasure on Good Friday. Mm. And then Isaiah 53.10 says this, says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. There's that word again, pleasure. God was pleased with Good Friday. Why was he pleased? I mean, he gave his son. It should be a sad moment. Death was never final for God. Death was never final for Jesus. God knew that he would raise Jesus again and that death was just one step in the process. And so for God, this was an opportunity to bring you back to him. And that's what gave him great pleasure. And so today, I want to leave you with this. How should we feel today? Maybe you're wondering, how do we we act? I mean, a lot of people on Good Friday in our culture, they they boil crawfish or they have big cookouts and they drink a lot of alcohol and they, they, they do it all in the name of something. But how should we feel today? I think we should celebrate. But let me give you four ways I think we should feel today. The first way is grateful. We should all be grateful for what we've been given. The second way we should feel is humble. You should be humbled right now that God would do all of this for you. And then we should be joyful. Yes. (laughs) Joyful. Because I'm not an enemy anymore. Now I'm adopted son or daughter. I went from being his enemy to his own child, brought into his presence and into his house. And then the last thing, the last way I think we should feel is full of praise or praiseful. Amen. Like we should be rejoicing today. We should be celebrating today. It is Good Friday. It's the best Friday you'll ever have. Amen. It's Good Friday. <laughs> I want to leave you with one verse. Ephesians 1, 6. This is right after verse 5 when Paul said what he said earlier. He said this. He said, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Man, it's Good Friday. We should be rejoicing. We should be celebrating. 
We should be throwing a party because today we were adopted. Today we were cleansed and made whole and made right before God. So come on, would you pray a prayer of praise Amen. with me right now? Amen. Lord, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for Good Friday. God, we thank you that you had a plan and you gave your son to die on a cross, to pay a price for us that we could never pay on our own. But God, you did that for us because you find pleasure in us and you wanted to be back mm -hmm. with us. And God, we thank you for that today. We thank you that you were pleased to give your son. It wasn't a burden, it was a pleasure. And so God, today we lift up your holy name. We worship you, almighty God. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross and for his blood. And we rejoice that we've been adopted and that we're standing before you today without a single fault. Thank you, God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're about to go into a time of communion. So why don't you get yourselves ready? Um, why do we as Christians celebrate and honor communion so much? Well, it all started off in the Garden of Eden. You know, the Bible says that for sin to be forgiven, innocent blood has to flow. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they try to cover up their nakedness. They try to cover up their shame and their guilt with human effort. But God said then, look, I need to do a proper job for you. And he killed an animal. He killed an innocent animal. He let the blood of an innocent animal flow. And he used the skin of those animals to give them proper garments, proper covering for their shame. And that also dealt with their guilt. And when Israel were in Egypt and they were about to get delivered from Egypt, God also asked the, uh, the Israelites to take an innocent lamb and to slit the throat of the innocent lamb, to let the blood of the innocent lamb flow and use the blood to cover their doorposts so that when the angel of death would come, he would not go into their homes to take the life of the firstborn. And so they were passed over from that judgment. The very same thing and pattern still exists today. And that's why Jesus, the lamb that was slain, had to come and why his blood had to flow. An innocent person's blood had to flow. And if you and I would repent of our sins and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the blood of Jesus Christ gets appropriated to our lives. And as was on the doorposts of Israelites, the blood of Jesus stands at the doorposts of our lives and we get passed over in God's judgment for our sin. The Bible also said that Jesus inaugurated the Passover um, meal, the communion meal when he had passed Passover meal with his disciples. And when he took the bread and when he took the wine, he said to them that these elements represent my body and my blood. The very elements, the very thing that gives you a pass over of judgment that exempts you from having to pay for your own sin and to pay for your own guilt. And so today when we take the cup and when we take the bread, I want you to realize that judgment for you is going to be passed over. You are going to be, you're exempt from the judgment of God because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was, that was shed for you. So we're going to go ahead and minister the elements right now. So if you want to take a piece of the bread and just remember that this is Christ's body that was broken for you. And the beauty of this is, is that just as Christ's body was broken for you, it promises healing and health and wholeness for us. So let's go ahead and partake in the body of Christ. 
And then with the cup, the cup represents the blood of Jesus that was flowed so that your and my sins can be forgiven, so that your and my uh, guilt can be taken away. And um, you and I do not have to face the punishment that are due to us because of our sin. And we thank Jesus and we remember Jesus by taking part in the blood. The promise of communion for us is that we can walk in the newness of life no matter what happened yesterday. My final closing thought is just this, that if you felt far away from God up till now, and if there has been maybe a time where you walked away from Him, you can simply come back to Jesus, ask Him to receive you. And when you participate in communion, it renews your vow to Him. It renews every decision that you've made in the past to follow Him right there and then. And so I want to I encourage you, if you haven't been walking with Jesus closely in this time, why don't you make a decision today to give your life back into His leadership? And we say in Christianity that we give our lives to Jesus or we give our hearts to Jesus. But in actual fact, what happens is we come to a place of repentance where we realize that we cannot save ourselves, we cannot help ourselves, and we need God's intervention in our lives. Yeah. The cross was that intervention. And so if you're ready to start walking a journey with God, if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, it's very simple. It's as simple as ABC. You just acknowledge that you're a sinner and you cannot save yourself. And B, you believe that Jesus died on the cross on your behalf so that you do not have to face punishment for the sins that you've committed. And C, you confess that He is Lord and also He is your personal Savior. And when you do that, when you make that confession, the Bible says a miracle takes place on the inside of your heart and you become alive spiritually and you get reconnected in a relationship with your Father. So I want to pray for you and I want to lead you in a prayer right now. If you're willing to make this first step, then we're willing to walk with you and show you how to grow in a relationship with God. But it requires you to make this decision. So why don't you just pray this prayer after me right here, right now, where you're at. Let's pray. Father, we come in the name of Jesus and we acknowledge that we have sinned and that we are separated from you. But Lord, we want to ask you to help us. We want to ask you to save us. And so please, Lord, will you save us today? We confess that you are the Lord of our lives and that we trust in Jesus Christ's work on the cross to atone for our sin. And Father, with that, we put our faith in you and we believe that through this, you allow us to become children of God with you as our Father and heaven as our home. And we confess that by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you made that decision today, I want to say well done. It is the best decision you can ever make in life. From here onwards, God is going to be walking with you in a journey. But we also want to be walking with you. We want to know that you made this decision. So why don't you, in the comments below, just take a moment and fill out a little, a little um, survey that said that you have made this decision today so that we can make contact with you to show you how to grow in this relationship with God from here on end. Thank you for being with us here today online. We hope to see you on Sunday at both of our Easter services at 9 and 11. Also here online on our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and our church website. God bless you guys, and I hope you have a great Good Friday. Yeah.